The Los Angeles Chargers are tied for first place in the AFC West. Robbie Anderson is officially an Arizona Cardinal as they get desperate in the desert. And Bailey Zappi may be the biggest surprise of the 2022 NFL season so far. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. In a battle of two teams that have become experts at failing to close out close games, the LA Chargers took care of the Denver Broncos 19-16 in overtime. One of these teams... I guess had to win, and it was the Chargers who were able to do it in the end. Joining me now from Locked On Chargers, David Drogemeyer. And and David, I understand that the Chargers won this game, but I want to go back to the last possession. With 33 seconds to go, the Chargers had a fourth and one. They let the clock run down to one to throw a Hail Mary with Justin Herbert, who apparently does not have rib cartilage. Um, what did you think of that decision in that moment with three timeouts to go? Yeah, I, I think uh, honestly, Peter, at that point in the game, the the Denver Broncos defense is suffocating. I mean, especially that that pass defense, and I just don't think that the the Chargers thought that Justin Herbert was going to have enough time to be able to matriculate down the football field and get in position to kick a field goal with a a kicker who is clearly hurting and mm. had hurt himself very early on in that football game, and you know, it just wasn't a chance that they were willing to take, although I thought it was a bit puzzling myself. So th this has been part of the storyline with Brandon Staley, because last year he comes out and he is this aggressive guy, the analytics he's, he's filming the videos in his office, explaining why he's going for it, which by the way, I'd love that. I'm, I'm an analytics guy. So I'm saying, go keep going. But then it, he, now he's making these decisions that don't seem to make sense. He'll be really conservative one drive and then hyper aggressive. The next drive, what do, you, what do you make of, of the balance that he's trying to find here? Because I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, obviously with Brandon Staley, what he's going to tell you is process over results. I mean, he's an aggressive head coach. He's going to go for it on fourth down. That's the, the fabric of who he is, the DNA of the way he wants this team to operate. And you're going to have to live with some of those decisions that may de be deemed questionable. So, I mean, you you, you love it when it, it works out and you hate it when it doesn't, but you have to live with the results with one way or another. Personally, after watching, you know, Malibu Milk Toast Mike McCoy as the head coach and <laughs> Anthony Lynn as the head coach of the Chargers, who were just unbelievably conservative, I'm personally uh, a fan of the aggressive nature. Some of those decisions make your stomach curl. But again, you got to live with the decisions that you make. You got to have a lot of conviction to be able to make those de those decisions. And Brandon Staley definitely does. Yeah, I like the aggressiveness most of the time. I think some of the play calls have been very puzzling and you're just sort of like, okay, well, that's your best play call on fourth and three. Like I get going for it, but maybe a better play would be on the docket there. That's not Brandon Staley. That's not his uh, his responsibility, but that, you know, theoretically part of the decision-making here. So, okay, the Chargers come out of this game. They're four and two now. 
They've been incredibly banged up. They've been they've been playing the last month or so with Justin Herbert injured. Keenan Allen has not been in the lineup. So assess for me as we reach the one third mark of of the season for the Chargers, where they actually stand as a team. Yeah, I mean, sitting here at, at four and two uh, after having to deal with some just back-breaking injuries. I mean, you lose one of the best receivers in the NFL early on in the first game of the season, and he proceeds to miss the next four games and has not played since then. And, and of course, that's really hard to cover up. Also, your, your all-pro center, Corey Lindsley, has been in and out of the lineup dealing with injuries, dealing with illness. And then uh, on the defensive side, you've been without Joey Bosa for the better part of the season as well. So a lot of injuries that the chargers have had to weather. I mean, every team deals with injuries, obviously it's the NFL. It's, it's a violent game, but to be sitting here at four and two, the chargers have turned it into performance art though, with the injuries. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, I mean, it's part of this vicious game, unfortunately, but for the chargers to be tied for first place in the AFC West at sitting at four and two at this point in the season, I think as a chargers fan and people around the chargers organization, you have to be happy with where they're at. It wasn't pretty, but it was a win. This is David Drugmar of the Locked On Chargers podcast, and the Chargers defeat the Denver Broncos 19-16 on Monday Night Football. Not a pretty contest by any means. The Broncos come out firing, looked very good. Russell Wilson looked like he was back. But after that first quarter, it wasn't the same player. They score one touchdown, a breakdown in coverage to Greg Dolchich. After that, they don't get much going. The Chargers offense wasn't much better. That Denver Broncos defense is smothering. They make a lot of good offenses look very bad. That's just how they turn these games into. It took a big performance from an injured kicker. Dustin Hopkins hurt himself early on in this football game, but proceeded to knock down four field goals and the game winner in overtime after a big special teams play by Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor to get that fumble and to recover it to set up the game-winning field goal. The Chargers are now tied for first place in the AFC West with the Chiefs. For more on this game and for more on the Chargers, please check out Locked On Chargers, your team every day. Stay up to date all year on the LA Chargers by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Chargers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, how does Robbie Anderson fit in with the Cardinals and why would they make a move like this given the way they look? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The New York Yankees are minus 161 favorites in today's ALDS finale against the Cleveland Guardians. The Boston Celtics are one and a half point favorites to beat the Philadelphia 76ers in the first NBA game of the season. And for the late game, the Golden State Warriors are six-point favorites over the L.A. Lakers. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Game five of the ALDS was postponed after a near three-hour rain delay. The New York Yankees and Cleveland Guardians will face off this afternoon to decide who will face the Houston Astros in the ALCS. Not like 162 games and then the postseason isn't grueling and gut-wrenching enough for these baseball fans. The Washington Commanders will be without quarterback Carson Wentz for the next few weeks because of a fractured finger on his throwing hand. The 2-4 Commanders will have Taylor Heineke as the starter and rookie fifth-round pick Sam Howell as the primary backup for the time being. They get the Green Bay Packers coming in this week. 
the Los Angeles Rams are looking to make a deal. Running back Cam Akers has been listed as out due to personal reasons, and the team is reportedly fielding trade offers for the third-year running back. Rams coach Sean McVay would not rule out the possibility of Akers remaining with the team, which is a thing you have to say when you're trying to trade the guy. The Atlanta Hawks extended forward DeAndre Hunter to a four-year deal worth $95 million. The deal was agreed to shortly before the 6 p.m. extension deadline. Hunter was the fourth pick in the 2019 draft and is now solidified in the long-term plans of the Hawks or until they can find a trade partner. The LA Lakers could be without two members of their point guard rotation for tonight's season opener against the Warriors as Russell Westbrook is questionable with a hamstring injury and backup Dennis Schroeder is out after having surgery yesterday to repair the UCL in his right thumb. Lakers season off to a cracking start already. Here is another story you need to know. The Arizona Cardinals fell to 2-4 after a 19-9 beatdown at the hands of the Seattle Seahawks, a 67.6 passer rating from Kyler Murray, and Hollywood Brown looks like he's going to be out a while, although it also looks like he escaped the serious injury the Cardinals originally thought he had. So they go out and they get disgruntled Panthers receiver Robbie Anderson, for future day three picks. Joining me now from Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy. And Alex, uh, let's start here for a team that does not look like it has much of a chance to be a contender this season. Why make a move like this? Thanks for having me, Peter. Any other questions? I have no idea. No, no, so, but I mean, all, all joking aside, you know I'm tough on this team at times, but Robbie Anderson, especially you fantasy football players out there, has shown flashes over his career to be a potential wide receiver. And I know that our Bukowski tweeted out, send him to Green Bay when there was an issue with him on the sidelines on Sunday. So wide receiver two, he's big, he's fast, he's got good hands. The Cardinals need bodies for guys that are healthy. And in that respect, I understand. It's a DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. Hollywood Brown should be back mid-December. Robbie Anderson's here. Rondell Moore is there. Zach Ertz is here. Trey McBride's there. Like, they've got all the wide receivers and tight ends in the NFL. Now just go make it work behind an offensive line that can't block for Kyler Murray for as long as he needs. So, I mean, that obviously is the reason I asked the question because it's just sort of like, okay, they have other guys and mm -hmm. they've invested in, in pass catchers and yet they're still trying to make all of this work. So this strikes me as um, part of my French, but ass covering. <laughs> so... I mean, to what degree do you think that's really what's going on here to make this look better than it is just so the seat can get a little less warm under Steve Keim, Cliff Kingsbury, and even to a certain degree, Kyler Murray. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting you say, cause Steve Keim is kind of, it's, it's Cliff versus Kyler in Cardinals land. Now it's who's at fault more. And then Steve Keim and Michael Bidwell are sitting there sipping their tea in their ivory tower, like perfect <laughs> misdirection. Perfect. No, it's, it's a, Peter, it's a really good question. You know, a lot of this, Steve Kimes' entire, you know, persona as a GM is Band-Aids. Can't draft, yeah. Band-Aid. Can't draft, mortgage future, Band-Aid. I equate it to super gluing a cracked foundation of an organization. And that's pretty much what we're looking at here. And it could work. The defense has been excellent, all things considered, being completely, you know, uh, 
thrown in a corner this whole offseason. Nothing been added. The defense is giving up less than 23 points per game, and the offense can't do anything. So, sure, throw more money at it. It's like throw more money at problems. And that's kind of what we're looking at with Robbie Anderson. But that doesn't mean that it can't work out. Because if it does, on paper, it could be the deepest wide receiver core in the NFL, and it really comes down to execution. And if Cliff and Kyler are on the same, on this, you know, on the same wavelength through six weeks, it just doesn't seem like they are. Now, no DeAndre Hopkins to start the season. As you mentioned, he's coming back. Seems like he'd be the perfect kind of fit to someone like Robbie Anderson, who can mm-hmm. really get vertical and challenge defenses. You have Rondell Moore, as you mentioned, someone who can do a little bit of everything in terms of and put him in the backfield, put him in the slot, do some gadget stuff with him. It seems like there's a lot of this to work with in a way this almost puts more pressure on someone like cliff Kingsbury to make this all work because what are the excuses? They've given up a lot of draft capital for assets. Um, They have. And Deandre Hopkins, he had over a hundred catches and I think 1400 receiving yards. And I think he was underused his first year as a card. We even (laughs) talked about this. We've been talking about this for a long time. It's not necessarily on paper. If you put this team on Madden, they'll be one of the most fun teams to play with in the NFL but actual execution against, especially a Saints team that definitely has something to prove. It's going to be pride uh, coming in Thursday night uh, across country. DeAndre Hopkins could fit into any system if utilized properly. He's the perfect, I don't need to be fast to be great wide receiver. He may be the definition, dictionary definition of that. He's never been fast, but he's always been a top tier guy. If the offense isn't the strength of the Arizona Cardinals, why is Cliff Kingsbury here? And I think that's starting to come to light a little bit more. The 11 and six is far in the rearview mirror. The last time you and I talked was after AJ Green didn't turn around. Kyler Murray got hurt, and that was it. Like, we're kind of reeling from that still here in the Valley. But with Robbie Anderson addition, DeAndre Hopkins coming back, Rondo Moore still healthy, we'll see. It could be worse offensively. We'll just see if they can put it into action. Stay up to date all season on the Arizona Cardinals by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Cardinals podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, is Bailey Zappi the real deal in New England? If you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to try them for yourself, especially the new cookie dough flavor. Bilt Bar Chunk Puffs are unbelievable. Just 160 calories, but 15 grams of protein Covered in 100% real chocolate, collagen, protein-infused marshmallow. Yes, protein-infused marshmallow. These things taste delicious. They are the best protein. I've, I've sampled every protein bar that there is to sample. These are the best. They're the easiest to eat. They're the most enjoyable to eat. I look forward to grabbing a Bilt Bar and then working out or grabbing a Bilt Bar after I work out or taking a Bilt Bar with me in my backpack or in my bag, on the go, or just in the car as I'm going to run errands. They're a great way to get some good protein in your body. In a package, you're going to enjoy eating. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON15. The New England Patriots drafted Western Kentucky QB Bailey Zappi in the fourth round of the 2022 NFL Draft, just in case they needed him. And they've needed him. I mean, I hope we have enough time left in this podcast, Matt. And I don't know how long this is going to take for you, but I think it's time for you to apologize to Bailey Zappi, the New England Patriots uh, fan base, yeah. and the Bailey Zappi family with the Patriots beating the Browns 38-15. Bailey Zappi going 300 yards and a couple of tutties in this one. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say he's good. I'm just not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Did I sell him short? Absolutely. This was my turn into a pumpkin game. I thought Zappi and Brissett, especially against Belichick, who drafted him, would both really just fall to earth in a big way. Not the case at all. I mean, Zappi is a very, very quick processor. He doesn't have really any other tools than that. Sorry. But... I also think this is an indictment once again on the Browns defense, which is in the conversation right now with like Seattle and Detroit as the worst in the league. And I give the, the Patriots credit though. I mean, 28 second half points, Ramondre Stevenson blowing up, featuring Hunter Henry. You know, I mean, he, he was a real contributor. It was nice to get the rookie back, Thornton, put, bring a little juice to the party on this defense. And you know, no shock. This team's pretty well coached. This does set up an interesting question for the New England Patriots because Bill Belichick was not afraid to decide, sorry, Drew Bledsoe, I think Tom Brady gives me a better chance to win than you do. And Mac Jones, yes, he was a first-round pick last year. Yes, they went to the playoffs with Mac Jones at quarterback. It was also abundantly clear for about half of last season the Patriots were mortified to let Mac Jones throw the ball. Mortified. And over the last few weeks with Bailey Zappi, this team has been efficient. They've been play-actioning teams to death. Zappi has been point-and-shoot, operating like a point guard, operating like the quarterback they thought they were getting from Mac Jones, the quarterback he has not been so far this season, when he was healthy to start the year, he was forcing balls into tight coverage, turning the ball over, and not taking care of the offense. He was not the point guard this team needed him to be. And all of a sudden, this Patriots team has won a couple games. They've looked good. This defense is kicking butts and taking names. And so suddenly, if you're the Patriots, you're going, well, wait a second. If we're going to win... And we're winning with this guy. Why would we go back to the other guy when we were afraid to throw the ball with that other guy and this guy is actually making plays for us? Why are they so aligned with Mac Jones? They both were drafted in the last two years, first round, fourth round. Bill Belichick has the gravitas to say, I don't care. And guess what? If Billy Zappi keeps playing like this, that is exactly what he's going to say. And finally, following a win over number three Alabama, the Tennessee Volunteer fans stormed the field, ripped the goalposts from the ground, and threw them in the river. Now the University of Tennessee is asking fans for donations to help replace the goalposts as well as pay the $100,000 fine by the SEC for storming the field. A university that reported almost $133 million in operating revenue for 2021 definitely needs those donations. Goodness athletics thanks for making locked on sports today your first listen now go find your favorite team's locked on podcast and make them your second listen coming up on tomorrow's show who will be the biggest winner of night one of the nba season so at least until tomorrow stay locked on sports today